You're listening to Talk Birthday to Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelby Prop, and I'm creating a space to talk about infertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Tune in to hear guest interviews and real-life experiences from real moms. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Kelby, and we're going to be talking to Karen about informed consent. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little about, about you? Absolutely. So my name is Karen Nugent, and I am from Arlington, Texas. And so I teach um, I teach birth boot camp um, in my home, and I am also a doula. Um, I do, I'm a birth doula and a bereavement doula as well. Awesome. Uh, All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about what informed consent is? Yeah. So informed consent is um, it's permission granted in the full knowledge of all of the possible consequences. So it's um, knowing exactly what is happening and knowing the risks and the benefits fully. Um, and it's typically, whenever we talk about informed consent, it's typically in a medical um, a medical setting. But I feel like informed consent can be anything, um, anything from um, dating, um, marrying somebody, buying a house, having kids, um, just knowing as much as you possibly can to make the best decision for you or for your family or for your finances. Absolutely. Um, so when would informed consent play into pregnancy and birth? I think it starts from the very beginning. So um, there's a lot of tests and procedures that happen while you're pregnant and obviously during labor and giving birth process and into postpartum, um, you start out by getting a blood test. Okay. What, what are they testing for? What is the blood test for? Um, and then, and then you go through your pregnancy. So you have a gestational diabetes test that may come up. You have a group B strep test that may come up. Um, and so finding out why am I taking these tests? Is it super necessary for me to take this test or can, can we hold off on testing for these things or do them in a different way instead of this is how it is done and this is how we're going to do it. Um, and then as far as labor goes, I mean, goodness, everything that can happen during labor is informed consent, right? Like mm-hmm. you, every, if, are you going to be induced? Okay. Why are you being induced? What is the reason? What are the actual risks and the actual benefits of this? Uh, having your water broken. Okay. What are the risks to that? Um, I, I've seen where some care providers will just say, oh, there's, there's no really big risks here. Like, you know, if we break your water, I mean, your baby, your baby's going to come. Well, that's not the whole story. So instead of fear, basing our decisions off of fear, um, let's base it off of real knowledge and what is it that, what are the real risks and the real benefits? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit a good point too, that it's having informed consent is having the entire story. Mm -hmm. which means risks, benefits, all of that. What if we don't do anything kind of thing? So informed consent is not just, yes, I'm giving you permission to do this, but it's you having the knowledge of everything that is beneficial, everything that's a risk, everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we, um, in my classes, and even with my doula clients, I tell them about brain. Use your brain whenever a, um, a procedure is brought up. Okay, what is brain? Well, benefits, you know, B, benefits. R is risks. Um, a is alternatives. Um, I is intuition. What, what do you feel? Like, does this feel right to you? Um, and sometimes I think, it, especially in the medical setting, our intuition can be questioned. Um, and then um, in is nothing. What, what do you, you know, what happens if we do nothing? So we, we start talking about that in class and then I bring it up almost every single class. Okay, what is brain? Let's use our brain. What is it? And then by the end of the class series, they know what it is and they're, I feel like they are more confident in asking questions. Mm-hmm. That's also one of the things when I sit down and have um, clients birth plan, mm-hmm. that's one of those huge things that I'm like, the birth plan isn't necessarily to be done so that you have a plan because- right that doesn't really happen in birth, right. but then you have the knowledge and the informed decisions that you can then make to give the consent of, yes, that we would do want to do this procedure. Or, no, we don't. Right. And that's what I, I say that exact same thing. This isn't, this isn't for your care provider. This is for you so that, and you know why you were saying yes to these things and no to these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, do you want to, I know you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how different providers handle that. Yes. So I have been in situations where, um, a care provider has just said, okay, so after birth, um, we're going to do the eye ointment. And the, the client was like, okay, what is that for? And the only thing that that care provider said was it is to prevent blindness. And that was it. There was no blindness from what, um, which is from sexually transmitted diseases, which at the end of your pregnancy, you also have another blood test that most care providers have you do, uh, to check for, um, to check for STDs. Um, and so she gave her the story, but not the full story. And, um, and I think if you question, you know, some care providers may be put off by that. Like, why are you questioning me? Like, I know what I'm doing. Dr. Google doesn't know what it's talking about. And, but it's more than just Google, you know, there's, there's so much more information that is available to everyday people. And we, we can take advantage of that and we can learn things, um, Babies are born, not delivered, uh, or are not pizza. Um, that book um, by Evidence-Based Birth, that is a great resource for everyday moms, birth workers, um, care providers to read that kind of show, okay, what does the evidence have to say about these different things? Uh, not that you shouldn't say no to the eye ointment, but why are you saying no? And what is it really for? And are you being told the whole truth? Because in my class, we talk about most of the different procedures, but not every not everybody gets that same information. And so I think care providers have a great responsibility to make sure that they are fully preparing their, their patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have the whole story, then you can make that first decision based on what your family needs and what you guys believe and stuff like that versus just having maybe like just a little bit of statistics. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily your family. So. Right. 
and and the fear like i i never want my patients or my clients or my students to make decisions based off of fear right um i want them to make their decisions off of their education and um and i think that can be very difficult and if you don't know what to research then whenever you're presented with this stuff in labor um you don't really know you don't know. And so I think having a doula there uh, can be very beneficial to have somebody, okay, what, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And then do you understand what this procedure is? Right. Yeah. Yeah, And I want to just mention too, that it's always okay if you're brought to a point where you need to make a decision to just ask for a little bit of time. Yes. If it's an emergency, then they'll obviously make that clear. But If you can ask for time, they should be more than willing. And I've had several instances when providers even bring that out themselves. We're going to give you a little bit of time to talk about this, you know, go ahead and decide that and then we'll be back. But there's nothing that will happen if you just ask for a few minutes of time. Right. And then get your head clear. You guys make your decision and then you can go from there. Yeah. And And I think that also has a lot to do with who your care provider is. Because um, there are some care providers who are totally open for you to make your own decisions. And then there are some that have, have whenever uh, the doctor had presented something to my client, she looked at me and he said, don't look at her. She doesn't know anything. You get your information from me or from the nurse, but you do not ask her opinion on any of this stuff. And he left the room and the nurse just looked at the, looked at the, my patient, my client and said, yeah, go ahead and listen to what the doula has to say. Like, it's okay. And, but that doctor was very anti, um, information and only he was able to give the information and he, whatever I said was wrong or I never said anything in front of him. You know, I had her get into different laboring positions and he was just like, you can have her stand on her head all she wants, but if she doesn't progress, I'm going to do a C-section on her. And after she was only in the hospital for three hours. So she had no say in what, what she was doing. So yeah. thankfully it didn't end in a C-section, but um, I think women can be nervous about switching care providers. Um, especially if you've lived in the same area, you've probably been to that care provider since you were 16 years old and now you're pregnant and you're like, Oh, well, who else do I go to? I go to this one and I trust them and they know me, but are they going to help me make decisions, uh, that are best for me and not what is convenient or more exciting for them? Yeah. And there is no too late to switch providers. No. Yeah. If for some reason you don't feel like they're talking to you and hospital policies and stuff like that sometimes come into play, but if you don't feel like they're working with you or trying to even work with you or open to the things that you're asking for, mm-hmm. then those are some pretty good red flags that they probably aren't the provider for you and right. that's okay to switch. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I tell my, my students that, and I tell my clients that, but sometimes it's fear. Like I've already been with this care provider for so long. Um, what if dot, 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 you know, and sometimes even insurance prevents that. Like I've already paid this person. So insurance isn't going to pay for somebody else. And, um, 
and it, it can be so frustrating whenever you see the red as a as their birth worker as their support you see the red flags and you can kind of mention things but you don't want to turn them against their care provider right. um, you want them to make that decision for themselves yeah and give them the information that they need to make the choices for themselves right you can't sway their decision but right yeah but, and that's so that can be so frustrating because <laughs> you, yeah. you can see it you can see it usually early on um, especially like hearing um, I had one client who said, yeah, my doctor said that they can't do delayed cord clamping because um, he would have to hold the baby down below the bed because if he moved the baby up to my chest then the baby would be drained of all of their blood and I would die and the baby would die because all the baby's blood would come back into me. And I'm like, that's not even how that works. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that, and so that to me was the first red flag of this care provider. And it was just all downhill from there. And, yeah. I mean, you can, and the next time she got pregnant, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about her birth, uh, her first birth, but she said, he's, he's so great. He has, he's so great during appointments. Like I know the birth really wasn't that great, but the appointments are great. And so she stuck with them and it's it's hard to see as as a as their support that you know you see the red flags they even see the red flags but fear overtakes that yeah i know you had said you wanted to mention this also but this is your birth and mm -hmm. you will remember it and the way mm -hmm. you felt in it and the way you felt will continue to remind you about your birth in either a good right. way or a bad way right so don't hesitate to change the provider and advocate for yourself and get right. the things that you're wanting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, on the flip side of that also is if as a, as a doula, if I am attending a birth that I feel is traumatic um, and horrible, not projecting my experience onto the mom because if she doesn't feel that way then okay like right. if you felt supported and you felt taken care of then that is great and we'll just go with that um and sometimes that can be really difficult um as the as the doula to s watch that happen but not wanting to take away from their birth experience what they perceived as a good birth experience yeah. exactly exactly um do you want to hit a little bit about knowing that you can ask any and all the questions and some red flags? Yes. So, you know, I was talking with a midwife um, last week and she said, she said, as a midwife, we want them to ask questions. We want to inform them of all of their options. And I loved, I loved that, that she, she said that because I feel like not every care provider is open to all the questions. Um, you know, like that one client whose doctor said, you get all your information from me. He was not open to questions whenever she said, well, in my birth class, I learned about delayed cord clamping. And he was like, no, we can't do that. And this is why. And it was very much, this is my way. And she was, he did not open that door for her to ask questions. And I think that can be a huge red flag when care, when choosing your care provider, because if you, if, if they are open to questions, then they're going to be more receptive 
to the research you've done um, and they're going to to be more open but if they're not open to questions that that's huge that's a huge red flag and like you can only tell them so much about your, their care providers so many red flags and but ask all the questions there are no stupid questions and I have a couple in my class right now and uh, the mom is asking some completely out there crazy first-time mom questions and 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 you you can kind of see that the partner is like oh that's kind of funny that she's asking that um but i told her i was like there are no stupid questions because if you don't know this then you don't know it so how else are you going to know it unless you ask all the questions so i just encourage all of my students and all of my clients ask all the questions there are no stupid questions and if your care provider kind of beats around the bush or doesn't give you a straight answer that may be a red flag mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and <clears throat> you don't need to feel bad about switching providers if that's not for you they are probably the right provider for somebody else right and that's totally fine that doesn't make them a bad provider that just is not the right provider for you. Right. And so you don't need to feel bad about that because you're not going to be the first person who did that. Yeah, exactly. And the same kind of goes also for if you're birthing at a hospital, um, that if you have a nurse that you're not meshing with, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, definitely ask for a different nurse. It's not yeah. going to be the first time they heard it. You won't hurt their feelings. But again, it goes back to your birth experience and yeah you know and and that's like it's so it's so hard like to be in such a vulnerable position like laboring and giving birth and then be like okay i need a new care provider and i need a new nurse because this one is not supportive and so then there's that fear of are they going to go back to the nurse's station and talk bad about me? Or is my care going to be diminished because this nurse is supposed to be really good, but now I'm asking for a new one. Um, I think that can be, it can be intimidating as well. Um, I don't think I've ever been in that position. I've had uh, clients who have not liked their nurses, um, but it goes back to that fear. And I've even told them you can ask for a different one. Like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. I, I'm, that makes me nervous to yeah. that kind of confrontation. Uh, but yeah, switching care providers, like it is not a done deal until that baby is out. Like, yep. You can drive across. We live in a, a big area. We live Dallas, Fort Worth, and you can drive from Dallas to Fort Worth to find a different care provider while you're in labor. Yeah. Um, so it's just that fear of, oh my goodness, I can't do that. Right. And that's why, like I always tell my clients to, um, to, kind of put together your birth preferences and get the big things that are really, really important to you down on paper. Mm -hmm. And then before you hit, when you're in labor, go in and talk to your provider about that and see what they're going to be easy going with and see what they are going to compromise with because there are hospital policies sometimes. And mm -hmm. then you can figure out kind of where those boundaries are right? and see, yeah. and then that gives you a little bit of time to switch if that's not where you want to be. And then I also always tell my clients when they first go into the hospital to have either them or if they're in hard labor, have their partner talk through with the nurse. Mm -hmm. These are our wishes. This is what, and if that nurse is not receptive, then you don't have to wait till you're further into labor to switch that nurse. You can just do yeah. it right off the bat and 
start yeah. with somebody who does and yeah. is going to support you. Yeah. And that's, and I think the, having the hospital policies and procedures in place, like I think a lot of nurses and care providers may be afraid to go outside of that because fear of litigation. Mm-hmm. Um, if something does go wrong and they did not do the continuous fetal monitoring, um, then that comes back on them. Well, why didn't you do this? And then they get in trouble. Um, and so I think that can also be intimidating too, because um, the nurses or the, even the, the doctors will say, well, this is our policy. We have to do continuous monitoring, even though that's no longer evidence-based. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a client a couple weeks ago where the hospital policy was continuous monitoring. She was not a VBAC patient. Uh, her uh, pregnancy had been totally normal, but they required continuous monitoring. And um, a couple of hours before she delivered the baby, um, a new nurse came on. It was shift change. And the new nurse was had an article printed up or like on the screen. And it was all about how continuous monitoring is not evidence-based anymore. And as she's adjusting the monitors on the mom, I'm like, you are literally reading this evidence-based article yet doing this, but that was policy. Right. And I I think they're, they just fear the um, litigation part. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure to mention? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think, I think just not being afraid to ask questions, um, not being afraid to do your own research. Um, Evidence-based birth is a fantastic resource uh, for pregnant moms, for birth workers, um, and care providers, doctors, nurses, uh, midwives, to check out and see what is the current research and not being afraid to change. Uh, Because how are things going to change unless somebody questions it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any resources that you want me to specifically include in your show notes? Um, I think, yeah, like I said, evidence-based, evidence-based birth is just a fantastic resource. It's, um, it's all, it's all research-based. So um, I think if you're looking for informed consent, I think evidence-based birth is probably one of the best resources to take, uh, to look at. Um, if you are pregnant and you're looking for a birth class, then I would highly recommend finding a birth class. I of course am partial to birth boot camp. Um, and we have birth boot camp instructors and doulas all over the, the U S. Um, and if there's not a local class to you where you can take a live class, then we do offer online classes. Um, all of our classes are offered online. Um, and so if you are not local for a live class, then, then try an online class. But I like the, I like the live classes because you're usually in there with a group of two, three, four, five, six couples. And if you didn't think to ask this question, somebody else did. Right. And so I think it's a great resource and birth boot camp stays up to up to date on all of their research and they're constantly updating their materials and their books. Um, so I find them a, a fantastic resource yeah. as well. Awesome. What um, would be your best advice to new parents or soon to be parents? 
I always like at, at baby showers, you know, they're like, Oh, write a, write a comment to the new mom. And it's always like, take what you want and leave what you don't. Um, kind of treat it as like a buffet line of um, advice because everybody has their own opinion. Everybody from your grandmother all the way down to your sister who doesn't have kids. Um, they all have opinions on how things should be done, but only you know your family dynamic. You know you. You know your partner. Um, so those decisions, you know, it's good to get advice from other people, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it's okay to say, that sounds good, but no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and not every kid is the same. I have two children, uh, nine and seven, and my son is very different from my daughter. And we cannot even parent this, these kids the same. Yep. <laughs> they grow up in the same house. We have the same rules, but you can't parent them the same way. Mm -hmm. And what works for my daughter as far as discipline goes does not work with my son and yeah. vice versa. And uh, what is a reward to my daughter is not a reward to my son. So um, just being flexible. Um, I was a fantastic parent before I actually became one. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, you just, you think you know everything and you don't, you don't know yep. everything. Yeah. But making decisions that are best for you and your family and your kids. Yeah. And it's okay that if, if you do make a decision and then you change your decision, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And, and what I thought I wanted and needed whenever I was pregnant with my first, within three days, I was like, I am such an idiot <laughs> and I, I need way more than, than I thought I would. Right. So, and not yeah. being afraid to ask for help. That is huge too. Um, Absolutely. And I, I feel like here in America, we, we kind of pride ourselves on independence and uh, we don't want to inconvenience people, but never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid to ask somebody if they can bring you a meal um, or to come and hold the baby so you can take a nap or a shower. Um, that community, you know, yeah. that whole, it takes a village. Yeah. Americans don't do that very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so true that we need it. <laughs> yes. Like postpartum care is super important. There's a yeah. lot of advice I could give to new moms. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could do a whole show on that. <laughs> exactly. Like, let me just give you all of my information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can listeners find you at? Um, so I have, I'm on Instagram and I am on Facebook. Um, my uh, handle is baby steps, uh, baby steps birth. And, um, and then I'm also part of a collective. So it is uh, me as the birth, uh, birth instructor. Uh, we also have a birth doula, a um, family and birth photographer, and a postpartum doula. And so we all kind of work together. And we are the DFW Birth Collective. And we are on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today's show. Thank you for bearing with me with this cold. <laughs> oh, I've got it too, girl. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Next week. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For a list of our sponsors and resources talked about in today's episode or would like more information on my online birth classes, please visit my website www.talkbirthytomepodcast.com. If you liked today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Or to connect with me and stay up to date on new weekly episodes, you can follow me on all social media 
at talkbirthytome.podcast or at Mommy Moto and Court. I truly appreciate your support and we will see you next week.